So why are we so threatened? The uncomfortable truth is we're probably scared too much, but we're scared of the wrong things. Remember a few months ago that Google guy? You know, women can't do certain IT things as well as men by temperament. Okay, you can't fix stupid. There's no question about that. But is this guy really creating a hostile work environment or is he symptomatic of one? Shouldn't we hear what he has to say? Maybe we can educate him. Maybe we could find out what it is in the environment that prompts him to say that. If he is just biased and stupid, you can fire him. But I'm not convinced that he was alone in thinking and saying what he was doing in that Google workplace. Certainly firing him, knee-jerk, viscerally firing him, is not the answer. We have a knee-jerk political correctness in this country. And so perhaps we should have heard what he had to say, instead of feeling so threatened by it. Why do we need protection from a clown? You know, when we must strike back, when we have to strike back immediately, what we're really showing is low self-esteem. Some people are outraged that you mock their God. My goodness, remember when they had the piss Christ, I think at the Brooklyn Museum of Art? Christians protested, but nobody went to the place to try to tear it down, and certainly nobody started shooting other people. There were no jihads. Sometimes you just have to accept the fact that people can be uncivil or rude and not agree with you, but not try to strike back. You know, bullies almost to a person, have low self-esteem. And bullyish behavior is an attempt to bring other people down to their perceived level of inferiority. And as a matter of fact, studies show that most bullies were abused somewhere in their childhood or adolescence, either physically or emotionally or both. In Australia, you have the tall poppy syndrome. And that is that is opposed to the U.S. where somebody sees a really nice car and they say, how do I get one of those? What did you have to do to get that? In Australia, you're likely to find scratches on it the next day. All Australians know, but some much more than you'd find in the U.S. I just found to my shock that that also happens in Germany of all places. A very successful guy who drives a pretty nice car told me the reason he get, did not get even a nicer car, and there are plenty of those in Germany, at least they produce a lot, is because he didn't want to offend his neighbors and cause disagreements and lose friendships. That's pretty bad. That's getting very threatened. Taxi drivers got threatened by Uber, and what they do? They took to the streets. How'd that work out for them? How's protesting technology work for you? How did the Luddites do in Britain during the nascent Industrial Revolution? Not good. What the taxi drivers had to do was have better service. Not cabs that stink of stale food. Not listening to their iPads and iPhones and uh, talking on their cell phones while people want to get someplace safely. It might help if they knew where the Empire State Building was or the Plaza Hotel. If they studied a little bit, instead of just sitting there like lumps, begrudgingly driving people. Of course Uber's going to take over. Now, suddenly, well, not so suddenly, after the protest didn't work, Now you have cab share apps, at least in New York City I've seen them, where you can hail a cab pretty much the way you can hail an Uber. Of course, you're still not getting an Uber, a black car, or a limo, but you're getting maybe a clean cab. The fact is, though, the taxi medallions in New York, and that's a closed market, they're a limited number, used to go for something like a million five apiece. And don't forget, for years and years, 
A succession of immigrants, Jews and Italians and so on, drove these camps, put their kids through college, and then retired to Florida. Today, the price of a medallion uh, in New York, a taxi medallion, is down to around $50,000. They've lost all that value because the monopoly is gone. Uber has disrupted them. But Uber threatened them, and so they reacted the wrong way. And that's what happens in a competitive marketplace. Every tin-pot dictator in the world is threatened. This idiot playing with nukes in Korea, Saddam, Gaddafi, Idi Amin, all threatened. And so they react with violence. They react with gangs. They react with threats. I could be talking about my car's performance or about a basketball game or about a good cheeseburger and eventually somebody will take up the fact that I haven't mentioned the LGBT community or whatever their agenda of the month is. It's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But if they're not mentioned, if their agenda isn't raised, they're threatened and they try to get it into the conversation. And that's why we're all glazing over from all these agendas. We're tired of hearing about it. The word racism itself has lost its one time very meaningful and powerful connotation because it's used too much. Perhaps we're all so polarized today because we're so threatened that we might be wrong, or at least not 100% correct. There's no room, it seems, for people to talk about the fact that the climate is clearly changing somewhat, and that it's inescapable that humankind has contributed to climate change. But it's not so sure that it wouldn't have happened anyway, and it's not so sure that we can really do much about it. I can be persuaded either way. I like to listen to both sides. No one yet has convinced me authoritatively one way or the other. But I'm not threatened by hearing the debate. Too many people shut down. They drop their shields like the starship Enterprise, and they're just as effective instead of deflecting enemy neutron bombs, deflecting reason. What's the automatic response to a legitimate complaint? Have you thought about it? You complain to a bank teller, you complain to a retail clerk, or very worse, you complain on the phone or by the internet, and you're likely to hear this. Don't blame me, I didn't do it. You spoke to someone else, you didn't speak to me. It's the system, what can I do? Listen, I'm just following the rules. These are the kinds of responses you hear to complaints, in most cases, from average companies. They're defensive, they want to get out of the way, they don't even apologize. I have a great doctor, but he belongs to one of these huge medical establishments, which most doctors have to these days, to protect themselves, to get economies of scale. You know, the doctor in a private house working by himself or herself is a dinosaur now. And the office staff is infallibly rude. Always rude. They don't acknowledge you when you get there. They don't look up. They're supposed to have a separate checkout window. They don't. You have to get back in line with patients who are just checking in. And they're nasty. I called the other day at around 9.30 in the morning to make an appointment, which my doctor had asked me to make. And at 9.30 in the morning, I got voicemail. They were busy helping other patients, which means they're relaxing. They don't turn it on. They don't forward the phones through. Well, by 3 o'clock, I had no return call, and I had to get this appointment made for my schedule, which is busy. 
So I called back and I got her. I said, you haven't called me back in six hours. There's no excuse. She said, well, I'm not the one. I didn't get your message. When would you like your appointment? And I said, do you feel the need at all to say I'm sorry or I apologize on behalf of your staff? She said, I'm trying to help you now. When do you want your appointment? That's the kind of defensiveness which leads to that kind of rudeness, which leads to people changing doctors. Now, this guy's great. I'm not going anywhere, but I changed my eye doctor because the staff was so horribly rude. There are a lot of good eye doctors. So when we're threatened, what happens? Well, we erect barriers. Those shields come down, right? We refuse to listen. When we're threatened, we don't listen. We want to hide. You know those kids who cover their ears and close their eyes and start yelling, yanny, 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 because they don't want any input. We suffer confirmation bias. That is, we will only listen to, only read, only acknowledge people who thoroughly and fundamentally and completely agree with us. If you don't believe that, folks, read Facebook. It's comical. It would make a bad novel. It's a vanity press where people only want to believe and listen to and be friends with those who subscribe to their particular vanity. We hang out only with like-minded people. I've had a succession of superb guests at my annual Thought Leadership Conference over eight years. Dan Gilbert is with me this year. But one year I had Margaret Wheatley, who's a failed 60s activist, really. She and I are contemporaries. We had some of the same clients. We know the same people. Yet I wake up in the morning thinking, what a great day. I can't wait to get things done. Opportunities abound. And she wakes up in the morning saying, oh God, another slow crawl through enemy territory. Her idealism wasn't met. Her activism wasn't fully established. And so she told people in my group that only, they should only talk to people who agree with them. Don't bother trying to influence others. It's a waste of time. Just talk to people who agree with you. Talk about confirmation bias. She depressed the whole group. Seth Godin's a great guy. He's a brilliant guy. I like his stuff. He and I appears, but we disagree fundamentally on one key issue, and that is I talk about community. He talks about tribes. Now, we can agree to disagree on that. Neither one of us threatens the other, and that's keeping an open mind. Maybe he thinks about my concept of communities. I've certainly given his tribes a lot of thought. Because if I'm wrong, I need to know I'm wrong and I need to change my tune. We tend to strike out and retaliate. That's what extremists do. We don't just tolerate or put up with the fact that uh, there are people who threaten us. We have to retaliate against them. We have to spread dirty stories about them. Sometimes we have to get violent. And that's what road rage becomes. You know, we feel threatened by a driver who just made a stupid mistake. We take it personally. But too many people walk around in life rage, not just road rage, don't they? We justify bad behavior because we're threatened. Presidents have been cashiered for it. I mean, take a look at, uh, at Nixon and Watergate. Resigned the presidency. This guy opened up China, Chinese relations, which we can do a much better job of today. But he was so threatened by the Democrats that they organized and supported a robbery and he got himself tossed out of office. He got to resign. And so we justify illegal and unethical behavior because we're so threatened. And we become thoroughly paranoid. There are so many conspiracy believers today that is the level of paranoia you rarely see to this extent. People who believe that the government or the UN or pharma or whoever 
is out to get them are paranoid. The government, the United States government, hasn't been able to keep secrets for 60 years, 70 years. The last secret they really kept was the atomic bomb, and the Russians sold that, stole that pretty quickly after the war. We can't keep secrets in this free society. So why would anyone think the government has some great conspiracy going that none of us know about? If you want to believe there are aliens buried on the desert, you want to believe in the Loch Ness Monster, you want to believe in those things, fine, but you're dumb if you do, and you've got something wrong with you. So, how do we avoid this uncomfortable truth? How do we avoid being threatened and feeling threatened? First, consider the source. What the Google guy said just proves he's an ass. But why he said it, when he said it, the circumstances underlying when he said it, those could bear to be looked at. But always consider the source. Are you listening to Chicken Little or Paul Revere? There's a big difference. Number two. Don't take it personally. We're threatened because we take everything personally. Do you know that I used to live in San Francisco? I go to California three or four times every year for, I don't know, 50 years. And 95% of the time, in the first two minutes of a conversation with a new person, they will apologize about the weather. They take that personally. I don't care about the weather. Weather changes. I'm used to it. No, no. I've got to apologize, because otherwise I'd feel threatened. You might be unhappy, and somehow it's my fault. You know what makes me unhappy? Asking me whether I want paper or plastic or none of the above and charging me seven cents and a deposit if I want some kind of bag to walk out of the place with when I have 24 items. But that's a different story for another podcast. Number three, acknowledge mistakes. We're human. We crashed a Mars lander, costing $200 million dollars because Texas used inches and California used centimeters. That's a true story. And we ignored the memos in between that pointed out this potential problem. Mistakes happen. Large mistakes happen. So small mistakes are bound to happen. Stop feeling so threatened by them. Number four, give up being a victim and take control of your life. Victims are always threatened. Everybody's against them. I have no control. I have no power. It's them. They're trying to do this to me. Stop it. First of all, it's wrong. Second, it won't help. And third, it is boring. And fifth, find facts. Disregard rumors and all social media paranoia. And remember, just because something's reported in the New York Times or in the NBC Nightly News or anywhere else, it might not be true. Verify things. Don't just accept it. When you're threatened, you're constantly defensive. You lose more ground being defensive. You don't gain ground being defensive. You cede the floor. You give over the debate to the other side. And you also miss the point. My point here with Google Guy is what is going on at Google? We don't know. So here's the uncomfortable truth, folks. No one really threatens us. We allow ourselves to be threatened. Knock it the hell off. <laughs>